Hello, 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 and welcome. My name is Desiree Shaw, and I'm a psychotherapist, and I vlog and podcast about mental health. I practice at the Priory and privately. So, today's podcast, Shame, the Humiliating Truth. If this is your first time experiencing one of my podcasts, and you want to learn more about me, visit my website, www. DesireeShaw.com. That's D I S R W E S H A W dot com. I'm a psychotherapist and I practice REBT CBT. I'm on a mission to make therapy accessible and change the world one thought at a time because that's all it takes. I have a keen focus, but not only associated with men's mental health but it is a massive focus of mine i do uh, vlogs and productions on my youtube channel about men's mental health and all types of disturbances to do with mental emotional well-being shame the humiliating truth this is a topic that um well topics are very very close to me shame is a big thing isn't it have you ever experienced shame? The shame. What is shame? So, shame. Probably our most secret emotion. Because we don't share our shame, do we? The one that plagues us the most. I think, I think as human beings, we we hide away from shame because... It's something that we've been taught to do, isn't it? We teach shame to kids first. Because you know when you're born, you're not you don't have any shame, do you? You know? You don't you you don't just appear as a baby and go, Oh, could could you get me that blanket over there, doctor? And nurse, could you sort my hair out? You don't do that. You you don't. We are taught shame. And what we do with kids, we teach them by shaming them into submission to be either apologetic or to do something we want them to do. So we, once we shame them, do you know what else we give them? Guilt. <laughs> but we won't talk about guilt right now. We're going to focus on shame, the humiliating truth of shame. So this type of indoctrination, it... it It goes into our schools, society, and, of course, religion. In fact, it was probably, I reckon, with no historical proof, (laughs) that centuries ago, trying to control the people who were doing crazy things. Remember, the medieval times, everybody was mad and wild. And it kind of probably made a bit of sense to get religion and throw it out there and shame people from doing all the wickedness that they were doing because they were doing some really bad things in the medieval times. It's probably the only error I would really hate to have to go back to. They weren't nice. They weren't friendly. Life was cheap. So it kind of makes sense that religion was definitely used in those days to calm everybody down. You know, everybody just stopped. So shame would have come in really handy. So the point here is that 
We don't look at these emotions as being hel- um, <laughs> as being bad or good. We look at them as being healthy or unhealthy. And we recognise what it is. Because I could imagine that shame was pretty handy to have. If you could get somebody not to do something, it was great not to, to, to get them to be shamed. You know, would would make sense. So it this this would go into shame shame bleeds into our school society it starts off at home you know siblings the the older siblings being told off not to do something to the younger sibling and shamed into a certain type of feeling and shamed of their behavior and this is when kids get confused where they believe that they are their behavior that was bad i am bad you see what i mean rather than quantifying it like that your behaviour was very unhealthy. Oh gosh, I've got unhealthy behaviour. How can I make it healthy? Isn't that a bit more effective, a bit more supportive? But um, when did it? When did it all? When did it all start? When did shame start? I tell you when it started. I know I've got this thing with religion. It all started with Bad Eve, that trifling, <laughs> easily led fiend of a woman. She brought shame and disgrace to us all. I remember my mum would say things like that. You know, you've brought shame to us. Shame and disgrace. You know, how many times were you told, don't do that, what will the neighbours say? You know, don't bring shame to the family. This is embarrassing, this is shameful. Why would you sit like that? I'm I'm a left-handed eater. And my, my parents hated that because I'm not a left-handed writer. My brother was completely left-handed. But for me, it's just comfortable to eat left-handed. And um, she used to find it really shameful that I would eat like that. Like, I had, I was, I secretly had a problem. And the world would see. And then they would tell me off. Put it in the other hand. Put it in the other hand. I had this uncle who was insistent that I must do that. I hated him for that. He used to shame me all the time at the dinner table. You know? It's not surprising I didn't go and visit him when he was ill. But um, it wasn't nice. Shame, isn't it? The shame of it. We, we, we will make somebody feel bad about themselves. So we shame them into, into it. My mum would say to me, you look stupid. Holding a knife and fork like that. Oh my God, I look stupid. Oh. The pain that would bring me. Because I thought I looked stupid the way I ate. So I didn't know how to eat sometimes because it was really shameful. And then one day I said, sod it. (laughs) This is just the way I eat. I mean, at least I don't burrow my head into the bowl like I'm an animal. I actually do use cutlery. But the shame that we do, that we spread to kids and children in order for them to change their behaviour is pretty harsh. And it all started with Eve, bad Eve. You know, or maybe, let's just say, maybe God God could have been a little bit more lenient. My, my, my parents could have been a little bit more lenient. You know, that uncle could have minded his own damn business, couldn't he? After all, it wasn't his child. But um, they could have been a little bit more lenient. They They, you know, because... You know, she wasn't able to follow the instructions. <laughs> Don't touch that tree, Eve. Okay. And she went, okay. And then she went and touched the tree. You bad, Eve. Now you're going to suffer. 
maybe could have been a bit more lenient. Maybe just a bit more understanding. A bit more reckoning. A bit more love. Huh? It's amazing, the religion. And how much shame and pain it causes us. But yet it's supposed to be an encompassing of love and forgiveness. But we won't go there. But shame plays a huge part in driving us towards or away from something. You know? And I suppose that was one of the first things that drove me to want to grow up and leave home. Not be told what to do or be shamed by the natural things I found comfortable within myself. Because... We are all, we're human, and we are so afraid of being rejected and not being accepted and approved of. And this is the drive, and this is where shame... I've always believed shame is a means to control a person. Blackmail, bribery, humiliation, indoctrination. I mean, what, what do we do with shame, really? Just tell you what we do with shame... You know, a little bit like what I explained to you earlier. We store it. We keep it at room temperature, the perfect room temperature, so that it can be consumed in a moment's notice, just in case we need it for any given situation that can cripple us into a mental, emotional, physical discomfort and bind of internal mayhem. And that is what we do. And that's what I just did earlier when I talked about my eating habits. Because um, we store it, don't we? Notice how we store and hold on to more negative memories than we do positive ones. The ones particularly that hurt us. We, We do store that at room temperature, ready to be consumed. We don't ever make it be too cold and it's never too hot. We just get ready so that we can get, we can consume it so that it can really beat us down in short we whip ourselves with our shame deepening our scars and building on old reasons of shame and sometimes creating new ones you know funny thing is (laughs) once it has been planned it has been planned we are we plan it don't we we plan our shame because um, we organise how we're going to deliver it. We actually do. So we organise the shape. We we plan it. We are the ones that deliver the pain and torture to ourselves. So we give ourselves all of this hurt and all of this confusion and this. We ostracise ourselves internally, pulling ourselves apart. That's what we do. Shame is about the fear of being revealed. Oh my God, don't let them know. For men, it can be a test of how manly or able they are. Thus, meaning that they're not good enough. You know, so the possibility of the shame at room temperature being revealed is, oh, they're not good enough. Women, not that the two are different, they're very similar, you know. The hidden truth, this is what shame does, there's a hidden truth with us women that we're not good enough, we're not lovable, all meaning the same thing, just that we access it different, okay. Men may not be seeking to be loved, they will be seeking more acceptance and to be good enough, and women will be seeking 
love and acceptance. If not, the two things are exactly the same, but it's just how it's produced, how it's um, packaged, slightly different. But it's all the same, really. I notice in the therapy room a lot of um, professionals, be them young or old, middle-aged, but they all seem to foster shame when they believe that there is a task they cannot do. So what they do is they go back in time and they, um, if they had never been shamed before, they now create it and they store it in just the right perfect place to be used against themselves. And I find that um, it's a very debilitating way of um, accessing information because shame is so debilitating, it stops you. It takes you into the past, adding bits of information of the present moment now, taking you away from what you can be doing now into the future of the prospect of pain and destruction and mayhem. That's what it does. I find in the therapy room, I notice that there are a lot of men who fear presentations. And this is something I've noticed a lot. It's quite interesting. I do see more men than I do women. And one of the things that come up a lot, not for all, but a lot, is presenting. And a lot of men come and see me because they have such big fears of presenting. They have fears of getting it wrong. They have fears of looking stupid. They have fears of being proved to be an imposter. If you don't know what an imposter syndrome is, I will attach that to the um, description box below of a podcast I did earlier. Earlier? Well, a few weeks ago, maybe. Imposter syndrome. Very debilitating. Very, 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 very debilitating imposter syndrome. And a lot of men, when they are faced with jobs in the finance industry, in insurance, in um, accounting, in mainly I, is that where you have to stand up software as well. You've got to stand up and you've got to deliver something or you've got to run a training session. The fear that, that they're riddled with based on shame, based on something in their childhood which has brought them to where they are now, that thought. They've probably been trying to get away from it and now it's here in front of them. And that is actually really debilitating, really upsetting. The problem for women when it comes to presenting is slightly different. The funny thing is I've never had a woman tell me in the therapy room her fear is presenting often her fear is how she sees herself and how she's going to be seen by others such as physically uh, and emotionally i mean the way that society puts certain things on on our gender the the gender profiling the gender bias you know we we get women ready to be completely shamed about their body we shame women about their bodies constantly body shaming and we shame men about the ability to be men the toxic masculinity so we now have a reason to drive either sex together or apart but away from themselves because if you are internally in turmoil about things which only prove you to be human you will not be producing anything for yourself that helps you to move forward because you'll be riddled with the shame. And do you know what you'll do? 
Do you know what you'll do? This is a secret that nobody... I'm actually... I'm going to write my own book called The Secret. Uh, I'm going to tell you what the secret is. The secret is this. Massive, gigantic companies do not want you to be comfortable with yourself. They want you to be in full shame of who you are. Because if you remain in complete shame of you, you will spend money to get past that shame. You will spend and spend and spend. So if you don't like your body, you'll keep spending. Have you seen those TV programs where people have done heinously, hideously, horrible things to themselves because they didn't like something about themselves. They were shamed about it. You will spend money buying clothes to look in a particular way. You will foster ideas about the way you think you should behave because you're shamed. But what happens if you say, I'm not going to be shamed by this? I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to comfortably be me. You will not need to spend any money based on your insecurity. You will spend money because you want to, based on you. Based on producing your comfy version of you, not the best version of you. See, that whole, that whole saying, the best you, why is it so flawed? Because... By by practicality, you're saying the best you, which means there's a worst you. And you're striving to be best of you. Be comfortably you. I have a problem with that best life thing. I really, really do. I'm going to get over it. So, the shame, we give it to ourselves. And the build-up of the shame we makes it harder and harder for for. For these professionals to do their job because they're living in they're living in shame so what do you do how do you i'm gonna uncover the shame shame uncovered i'm gonna do a documentary called shame uncovered how do you do it how to do it how to just nike do it how to just do it you gotta just do it okay so you gotta get rid of that shame because that shame is not going to help you, okay? Poor Eve in the in the Garden of Eden. All she wanted was to, to figure out what this fruit tastes like. It looked so nice and the tree was beautiful. And the serpent said to her, come and bite the tree. God just doesn't want you to know certain things. Was he lying? No. Sorry. He wasn't. God didn't want them to know what that tasted like. He was right. Somebody says somebody doesn't want you to know what this tastes like, but bite it so you can find out for yourself. What are you going to do? You're going to find out for yourself. So she did. Bad Eve. Shamed into all eternity. What you got to do to get rid of that shame? Well, she wasn't a bad person for doing it. She's only human. She was always going to do it. If it wasn't her, it was going to be Adam. One of them, sooner or later. Or if it wasn't either of them, it would have been the monkey. The curious monkey one day would have climbed on that tree and eaten it. You can't tell a monkey to do anything. This is flawed, isn't it? You know, you look at the Bible and you're like, so hold on a minute. There are all these animals in the Garden of Eden. How did they know not to touch the tree? They were that obedient? Really? Hmm. Could the monkey talk? Was it the monkey from the Jungle Book? Did, Did they know? Come on now. Anyway. So, how do you deal with shame? You have to humiliate it. Humiliate the shame. Yes, because the shame is trying to humiliate you, but you've got to humiliate the shame. 
prosecute it, take that shame to court and gather evidence and logic and benefit of the thought and you rip that shame apart. Dig the shame out, then put it out. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Put it into tiny little bits, examine it. <laughs> For the most part, shame is um, irrational. Very rational. Shame is doesn't, it's not rational at all. What does your shame say to you? So check your shame. Check it out for demands and rigidity. What is it saying? Does your shame tell you? Does your shame tell you? You must not do or you should not do or you ought to or you need to. Or you must hide or you must, you must, you must not do this. Is it rigid? Does it stick you in a box? Does it limit you? Stop you from living. Take the shame out of that storage cupboard, the one where it's at perfect room temperature and ready to be used at a moment's glance. Put it out, examine it and prosecute it. Then, after you've done all that, see if you can defend the shame. See if there's any evidence or logic or benefit for you to defend the shame that you've been storing. Find reasons why should you keep it. Logically, if it helps you. Does it help you? Does it? Maybe. Shame. Shame it. Shame it. Then put it out with the rubbish. Then notice. Just notice. Now that storage space that you had, that the shame was living in. Notice how much storage space that you have now that you've emptied it. <laughs> You'll be like, oh my God, once you have relieved your mind from the shame, you have a space that you can fill with something that actually supports and nurtures you. You can actually do that. Did you know that? You can actually support and nurture yourself. So in that storage space, you can replace it with with something much more loving and encompassing. Something much more supportive to you moving forward. As opposed to beating you over the head. Don't have to be beaten over the head. With shame. What you can do. Is release yourself. Totally. You might empty that storage cupboard and say. You know what. I'm going to fill this with good vibe feelings. And reckoning of how I love myself. The reckoning of my own love for myself. Yes, I reckon I love myself. <laughs> you can ponder it. Take time and think, you know, not such a bad person after all. Because you're not. You're not a bad person. But you are in charge. And shame is not in charge. Shame can lead us to feel angry. It can lead us to feel anxious. It can lead us to feel so many unhealthy negative things that do not support us moving forward so take charge chuck the shame out humiliate the shame thank you so much for listening to this podcast my name is Desiree Shaw if you are troubled with shame and you want a way out you want to leave it behind check out my website I have some questionnaires And you can test yourself and see how you are affected, if you are affected. Find out what's happening for you. Empower yourself. Be in the know. Knowledge is power. 
Once you have awareness and understanding of you, guess what? You'll be powerful for you. Because you'll work in accordance to your interests. And by being healthy to yourself, you'll be healthy outwards and inwards. It's a win-win situation. You're only human and you're fallible. You will, you will, remake, you will make mistakes. I've made loads already on this podcast with, my, with tripping over my own tongue. We make mistakes because we are human. But we can also forgive ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Desiree Shaw. I'm on a mission to change the world one thought at a time and make therapy accessible. I do need your help to do so. So please, share and comment. Just share, you know. Come and like my Facebook page. Come and follow me on Twitter. I've recently been tweeting. I actually discovered how I haven't been tweeting. I've been more Facebooking than tweeting. Tweeting's actually a lot more, um, it's a lot more friendly, isn't it? I don't know. I'm actually finding it a bit more interactive. Facebook is a bit stagnant. I feel like I'm floating on the same driftwood with the same people floating with me. As opposed to being on Twitter. It's like... It's like you're floating, but you can move into different areas. Actually, I feel like I'm on a bit of a boat, wandering around, looking at everybody else and having a little chat. Anyway, I have no idea why I shared that with you, but find me. (laughs) It's all Desiree Shaw, D-I-S-R-W-S-H-A-W. Find me and hit me up and say something. Anything, I don't know. Tell me what you think of this podcast. Tell me what you think of all the others I've made. There's been quite a few. And you know what? It's so funny. I haven't run out of things to say. I've still got so much. Oh, my God. So much to listen to. Reckon I'll run run out by next Christmas. I doubt it. Anyway, find me, follow me. Hit me up on my website. See what is going on. www.desireeshaw.com And on all social medias, Desiree Shaw. Just as simple as that. I'm here to help. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now.